All right, folks. So tonight we got to talk about some debuts, some returning, and a lot of people mad about it. Some women's wrestling discussions and some festivities over for the weekend to come. Uh, so yeah, we're gonna get started with tonight's episode of the Big Go Belt Podcast. So stay tuned, folks. Catch us live each and every Thursday, 8 p.m. And uh, if not, you can catch our podcast episode uh, releasing the following day, that following Friday on all audio platforms. But we want you all to join us live each Thursday, 8 p.m. Uh, and jump in the comments and be a part of our conversations for tonight. Uh, but the team is here minus Mr. Silly Sellers, who is in Phoenix, repping his Phoenix Suns as they are one, <laughs> one game up. In the NBA Finals, he's out there living his best life. Uh, happy for the kid. Uh, but the rest of us, were here. We got a job to do tonight, and we got a lot of things to talk about. Along with some other things, again, like I said, we're going to be uh, – got some festivities going on this weekend. Uh, ROH will be having their pay-per-view, their return. Uh, the, fan, the fans are returning, so they're, they're return to having fans, shall I say, uh, and their pay-per-view best in the world. Uh, best of the world. Uh, Am I saying it right? Best in the world. It's best in the best world. In the world. Yeah. Yeah. Like, why, why, it did, why didn't it feel right when I said it? But anyway, yeah. <laughs> Bro, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll talk about that towards the end of the show along with some other news. But the big thing coming out of this week is some debuts, returns, and so on. And I think we got to start with talking about Tommy N, formerly known as Alistair Black, now known as Malachi Black who has officially became all elite. So before that, though, he put out a video, mm-hmm. a little a little short, if you ask me. It, it definitely had my like my interest as to thinking production, a short of some sort, looked like a teaser for a short. Um, sure, it could be wrestling related, but I thought like, hey, maybe you might, maybe you might be trying to make some money in some other avenues, you know, but it seemed to have been a hint that he was going to be rebranding himself, which you'd start thinking re- rebranding. That means you're not going back to WWE because you don't have to rebrand if you're going back into the same shoes you were just wearing. So mm-hmm. the interest of, oh, he might be getting ready to jump ship or go somewhere else. And you would expect that. I mean, well, we, we, we can't honestly say we can expect that because his wife just went back to WWE once he left WWE, he spoke really fond of him. I mean, no reason to burn bridges, but you never know what type of deal might have got worked out. Could have been Samoa Joe. Um, so the world of possibilities was there. Nonetheless, he debuted last night in Miami on AEW Dynamite, um, which they are getting ready to set up a program with Cody. No surprise here. Yeah. Um, but let's 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 give our reactions to it, and I I, I just want to just jump off and say that I'm really disappointed in this. The reason I'm disappointed is because uh, when you really dissect the video that he put out, there's a lot of good tidbits to draw from it. Um, you know, he's he 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 basically talks about you know the idea of not being good enough, being complacent for the his term was it five or six years he's in WWE a lot of contest clues in there you know you brought up the, the program with him and Buddy Murphy when he went you know with the eye injury so like there's, there's there's definitely significance in the things that were being said and the first thing I think is that when you acknowledge that you need to work on your craft 
I mean, it's worked. And this this blueprint is new, but going out there, hitting the indies, you know, reworking yourself. I mean, he doesn't need to do, do the Tommy in thing that already ran his course with Evolve and whatnot. So scratch that. I was the black tied to WWE. Obviously can't go back to that. So Malachi, new gimmick, new persona, you would think, because you are basically acknowledging that I need to redo things a little bit. So why not hit the indies, or as I like to call, hit the world tour, hit Impact, hit ROH, hit AEW. Figure out which situation suits you best. I am disappointed because I can't believe he went from one contract and jumped right into another one. Nothing with finances here. Just as a fan wanting to see a wrestler go out there, uh, really work on the rebranding, strategy, technique, uh, to give us something new. Because I feel like he took his shoes from one locker room and put it in another locker room with the same paint, dust, battle wounds, and everything. Instead of going out and saying, you know what? I'm going to earn some chips, get a new pair of boots, and I'll see where, where my journey goes. And that's work for people like you know, Drew McIntyre, who's done it. Cody has done it, you know? So I'm just a little disappointed that he jumped right into another contract. I thought that him at AEW was cool. And then when I saw the tweet come out today that he's officially all elite, which means that you signed the ink. That's how I was like, oh, I can't believe he instantly took this route. I wanted to see him do a little bit more on the indies and, um, kind of rework himself a little bit and i think another comparison that was working but then he shot himself in the foot was ec3 when he came out with the <laughs> promo and control your narrative and he ran that through impact and then he ran it through roh and then he parked the car and so did all the momentum go with him <laughs> so you know the whole control your narrative thing was more of like a hey i was stuck in the system now i'm gonna do things i want to do but then you went and signed the contract. So basically that gimmick that you were getting ready to work, you it, it doesn't work. And I, I talked to Jamal the other day about this, but I was like, it's like the it's like the 10 guy. You can't be perfect 10 in loose <laughs> matches. You can't control your narrative, but be held hostage in a contract where you ain't controlling anything. So it doesn't work. So I just think that, Alistair Black for right now, you know, and of course there's a little bit of patience to be added to this. It's like, I feel like he's just, he just wiped his first name and and and, and Malachi is going to do the same thing that he was doing in WWE. We'll see. And, and, and if he is to pick up to do what he was supposed to do at his last Taylor part of on SmackDown that they never worked and he takes that and does it, I think it's still the same thing. I, I think it's not a reinvention at all. So I'm a little disappointed in it. Uh, again, I would like to see him do the world tour, but here we are. So, yeah. Uh, uh, I don't know why I was about to say sellers because he's not here. Will. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah. I think you nailed on some of my thoughts. I'm not disappointed in the world tour aspect, but the movie that he put out yesterday, the trailer, the coming attractions, the tease, whatever you want to call it, it did make me think of something you just were mentioning where I wonder if what he's doing is he's like, look, I had this whole idea crafted for WWE. We were going to do this whole Dark Father thing, and I'm just going to take it, and I'm just going to move it to AEW and change my first name. If that's what's going on, I'm not necessarily excited about it. Because from what we saw in that darn trailer, I'm not looking for more of The Fiend. I'm not looking for more of Undertaker <laughs> stuff. And we're uh, seeing, like, demons and masks and powers and... And murder. I'm, exactly. <laughs> I'm, I'm not interested in that for him. So if that's what this is all about and he's just going to take that idea and do something with that... Yeah, there's an audience for that, but it ain't me. So um, at this point, I'm not disappointed, but I'm also not excited. I'm at the yeah. point where I'm like, okay, he showed up. He kicked off Cody's head and Arn's head. That's right. <laughs> Give me an old school Tommy and just kicking people's heads off. That's fine with me. I don't need him to be called Mordecai. I don't need him to have powers. I don't need him to be a wizard. <laughs> you know, it's have him Mordecai. be Tommy and kick off people's heads or something. But I think he's uh, my impression is I think he has ideas 
and mm-hmm. I guess he wants to do them. Whether that'll work in AEW, I don't know. We've seen plenty of people come to AEW with ideas that haven't necessarily worked. Gamers and such that will not will go unmentioned. <laughs> so <laughs> I, at this point, am just going to wait and see. Pairing him with Cody right away, I think, was a very calculated move on Cody's part. Thank you. I'm about that. <laughs> don't say AEW, Cody. Cody, <laughs> Cody, H. Cody was like, QT, Cody bye. Cody this H. shit is done. Cody H. Cody kicked QT to the curb last night and was like, I need a fresh opponent. You out the door. So <laughs> we will see. I, I don't like his chances going up against Cody first right out of the gate, but we will see. I, I, I am just uh, I am holding my breath and waiting is where I'm at with with uh, our, our, our man, Tommy End, Alistair Black, Mordecai, whatever you want to go. Yeah. <laughs> go ahead, Jamal. <laughs> so. I think out of all of you, I may be the one looking forward to this the most. And it's not because of the fact that he could have done something else somewhere else and whatever. It's just it's that he has an idea and WWE dropped the ball, fumbled it and in a number of different ways. And and it is what it is. Why take that to a place not on that level of WWE? He has this idea. It was pitched. He had a dry run with it. Because you know they have pre-production meetings and stuff like that, shooting vignettes and everything. And then what does he do with all of that pent-up energy? Send it to GCW? Send it to PWG? Send it to AAA? I mean, like, no. I think the only thing that he wants that he should have done was exactly what he did. Um, and obviously the big surprise was that he was able to show up so soon uh, for reasons. But what the deal is is that when you have this thing – and you have a little bit more of a um, more of a creative or, or willing, uh, you know, backstage, you know, ear. Then yeah, I, I think that's what you do. You you roll right in it. So it's not just him taking off a jersey and putting on a new jersey and just doing the same thing. Um, I, I think that this is kind of what we what we want to see. In that okay, you did this in WWE, and that's WWE style. What will you do when you're actually given the ball? Not Kevin Dunn, not Mark Carano, not Vince McMahon. You're given the ball. And we saw that. And we've seen that try and fail. Uh, obviously, with Miro, we saw that try and fail. And now he's pivoted until this prayer warrior. That's what a literally crusader is. Hey, I'm here <laughs> for it. I'm here for it. But then again, Malachi comes in versus God's favorite warrior, the shit writes itself. Coincidence or not, it is. I mean, that's what we have now. And right. now that Miro has ascended to the next level, that's actually something that I want to see going forward. And then, of course, there's a whole host of, you know, maybe first-time matches, first-time on TV matches, and so on. But the, the point is, is that he gets to actually show, you know, what it is. And I think in AEW, they'll let you try once. They'll let you swing once. Just swing freely Mm-hmm. And just go with it, and it will work, and it will work. It doesn't work. It doesn't matter who you are because Matt Hardy came in, tried to do the thing, broken this and broken that, really didn't hit hard the same, and then he readjusted and readjusted. Jericho has reinvented himself three or four times in two years, uh, you know, by by himself for what it's worth. So don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that I wouldn't want to him just take the world tour, but that's the difference between him and Samoa Joe. I don't know how much longer Joe has in him. I know what he says, but I don't know realistically how much of a hot commodity Samoa Joe will be. So, yes, I want him to take his last two or three laps around the world and get these dream matches under his belt with with Black. There's still a lot left to prove, especially in this five years of the mud in WWE. There's still a lot left to prove. Uh, and and to, to, to hell for himself and for his fans to prove it all over again. You know, this is this the guy from Amsterdam that we thought we were getting when we first saw him in Evolve? Or is this the guy that's been, for lack of a better word, corrupted by the WWE style and has lost that thing that brought him here? That's what I'm looking forward to the most. And of course, well, why wouldn't it be Cody? Cody's the only person with it without a dance partner. So, yeah. no, I mean, seriously, like, like the, the, the QT thing is whatever. Uh, Miro is the champion, so you know he doesn't really need to feud with anybody. You come to me. 
Um, and then, of course, believe it or not, believe, believe it or not, I was in Jacksonville. I saw a metric fuck ton of, of Cody T-shirts, uh, fake tattoos on people's legs and necks. <laughs> what? Dead serious. How, how is this a surprise? We know we know everybody stands Cody. We it's not even a question. So everybody loves him. And no one stands him. No one stands him more than himself. There is a reason why Cody has uh, a new a new action figure out every release cycle. I think the people are really really into him and more into him than the internet will allow. So AEW's biggest baby face, Cody Rhodes, faces against this new literal demon monster heel. He's into that's, himself. That's what that, that is. That's that's the move. So I'm not really. I'm I'm very intrigued by it. Um, one thing that I will say that I don't that I didn't like is that commentary dropped the ball. Uh, you have uh, Excalibur screaming, "No, no, no!" He's literally called something else. But Jim Ross is like, "I don't give a shit. I'm going to call him Tom." The crowd is literally yelling Tommy, and Excalibur is like, "Damn it, you're all wrong." You know, I, I really, I really wish, and, and, I, and obviously, you know, the way that they did it, I'm okay with it, you know, whatever, but I just wish that they would have either, A, aired the um, vignette, you know, separately from AEW, but just maybe aired it, because if you didn't know who he was or didn't see him in WWE, why should you care? Now, I'm interested because he roundhouse kicked Arn Anderson in his fat face. <laughs> which I loved. <laughs> which I'm always here for. Uh, but, uh, you know, you're going to need something you know, like that to get me yeah. out of, to get me interested and keep me interested. And then, of course, he may have the power of Jesus' anime behind him, and that can be fine, too. But, you know, him making a statement in the ring was the biggest thing. I just wish that because the Internet's going to tie in all of these loose ends with this little short that he made, you know, that, that could be fine too. I just wish if they're going to add that backstory actually included on the show because it was worth including on the show. Conversely, and we'll talk about this later, for the things that I like about um, Black's introduction in the AEW, Andrade's introduction in the AEW fell flat. Well, yeah, we'll get to that. Uh, we'll, we'll, get to we'll that. talk about that later. Yeah, Damien, yeah, I want to hear your thoughts on this. So... Number one, the word creative, the term creative freedom, I feel it gets thrown around a lot when someone leaves WWE <laughs> to go to another promotion. You know, you hit the nail on the head with EC3 and the narrative. Moxley's breaking out of prison, you know, when Dean Ambrose died in the, in the prison. And now uh, Malachi's over here leaving the insane asylum. So apparently everyone thinks WWE is some sort of insane asylum like Arkham or just a straight up prison. So I, I find that interesting. But to Jamal's point, I also agree. The creative freedom thing gets thrown around because you're a name. If you're a name at WWE and you get a new start somewhere else, yeah, you'll get that one one or two swings at the, at the plate to see how you can do on your own without the pomp and circumstance. So is he going to be this new undertaker? I don't really care. Do I want to see him kick Cody's face and tattoo off? Yes, I do. I want to see that very much so. But... Get that bag is what I'm go I want to really say is look for people who are saying to your point to James, he didn't run the gamut. He didn't do the world warrior tour like street fighter two and decided to just go from one to the other money's money. And if you can get that secured contract, six figures say, Hey, my wife and I literally, we just signed new contracts, which we'll get to. And we need, we, we, we going to get that capital up to build that house. Why wouldn't I take that instead of going for like on the on the indies for like, you know, a thousand dollars for a 15 minute match? Now I'm good. Let me get my money now. Have my creative freedom so I can be this mix between Mordecai and The Undertaker, it seems, and still have this eye injury that they were trying to work into the WWE narrative. And now it's segued over, which we talked about in our group chat, segued over into another promotion. So me personally... I like it. I'm looking forward to seeing what he does. If he wants to kick all the senior citizens in the face on AEW, I'm all for that too. <laughs> but what I'm really curious to see is the staying power of his character. Because in, in NXT, he was presented as this, this stone-faced, almost spiritual, uh, supernatural assassin, right? This guy from the dark side, the wrong side of the tracks, had the entrance and everything. 
So now he has this mysterious aura about him because of him breaking out of the insane asylum like Michael Myers and killing those two doctors. Sorry, Dr. Loomis, but you had to go again. Uh, but it was nice to see. But how, mo- how long after Cody inevitably puts himself over in pure Cody H fashion will this carry him? Because I'm, I'm going to get to the, also the point about Andrade with you, Will. How, how long before you fall flat? How much staying power is there in this Bray Wyatt meets the Fiend meets the Undertaker mysterious oh, Michael Myers I character? I don't think it's that bad. I, but I, 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 I just want to see how far it takes him. You know, because he's never been the Mike guy. He's always been the deep brooding guy. So as long as he's kicking people in the face and having five-star matches, I'm sure the vast majority of people will be happy. Which He'll move I merch. I don't, think ahead, that the, I don't think that character is, is, is headed in that direction. What I'm getting from this guy is John Wick, John Wick, Demon Slayer. Uh, and, Stone Cold Killer. Yeah, okay. Yeah, and then that's, that's, that's kind of what I'm getting. Because who the hell breaks out of a same asylum uh, possessed in a three-piece suit? I mean, that's something, you know, that, that's a little bit more, uh, you know, uh, what am I looking for, tactical than crazy. Yes. So I don't, I don't really feel that it is kind of like a, well, he's, under, he's the undertaker or he's the fiend or he's, you know, Jack in the Box or whoever the candy man or whoever the hell. Um, uh, but, candy but man. I, yeah, but, but I do, you know, bees everywhere. But I do uh-huh. think that... Um, that I'm hoping that he, you know, he'll, and obviously he'll have to explain himself. Why Arn? Was Arn the original target or was it actually Cody? Will Cody mm-hmm. and uh, QT mend their differences like the Avengers and get back together and, and, and take down, you know, this guy and, and, and go over? Can you actually kill him? You know, these are things that <laughs> are like um, of interest right now in the, in the here and now. And obviously, as we go on, these questions will get to be answered, and we can Monday morning quarterback that shit all day long, and that's what we're going to do because the internet. But yeah, you all are forgetting like the big issue here. He's running against the juggernaut and Cody. It doesn't matter how good your gimmick is, how good your promo is, how good your professional no, see, boxing see, see, career is. That's what my question is. What's going to be the carryover after that? Nothing. It nothing. You're you're done. Once you run into first of all, damn, you, let's, you just let's made me think it. God damn. Is he the next Anthony Agogo? Agogo, exactly. I, already, I, let, I was like, my God, I already forgot about that guy. It's only let, been think, like think, a that's month not or fair. So. Think that's about not this fair. though. Agogo just had major eye surgery for like the it, next sure, time. Yeah. <laughs> but let's so think it, about think about the symmetry in this too. Like Alistair Black comes in all black. And Cody, God's given angel, is all in white. all white. Just, okay. just waiting for him. Waiting to save the day. He's going to cut a promo about the darkness and his soul and the being of the devil. And how he's having, how his kid now has <laughs> baptized him into the pool oh, no. of Black Lives Matter. And, <laughs> and, and, he, and, he, and he's here to save everybody from the insane yeah. asylum. Captain America. <laughs> <laughs> on Captain America, left. Cody Rhodes on your yeah. left. Yeah, but, but you know what? That actually gives Cody something to do because the feud with Q- QT Marshall, which I generally enjoyed, was widely panned. And again, I don't need it. It can go away. And if yeah. it were to go away, it goes away into something a lot more higher stakes, a lot more higher profile. I'm okay with it. And Cody's not afraid to put someone over. Maybe he'll win, but that doesn't necessarily mean that he buries them. Uh, you know, because he had uh, he opened Dynamite with Sammy Guerrero. Sammy was like a star of that match in the on the first Dynamite ever, and he's had many other uh, encounters with other people, and kind of you know put them over. Agogo is a different problem because he wasn't really presented well in the first place. The gimmick was goofy from the beginning, so I don't really. I mean, yeah, that that wasn't a good time, but I don't think that was all Cody's fault. Yes, Throne Breaker, Cody, and his. Dumb sledgehammer. I get all oh of it. But what I am saying is that uh, if not Cody, then who? Team Taz? No, they're busy. Uh, you know, Moxley? He's on maternity leave and has a New Japan thing. I Darby? mean, like, Darby's busy. He's uh, busy with he's uh, got Ethan, Page. Yeah, Ethan Page oh. and Scorpio Sky. And that's this is it. It's at the tailor end of this. Like, they've got the I mean, I'm not saying it. it's not, but, but we're here now, not three right. weeks from now. So right now, he's busy. Jericho it, is it, it, doesn't even, it doesn't even matter. Cody was salivating from the mouth when he knew this was a possibility. 
he moved probably heaven and earth in his programming to make sure that he was the only person suitable way, for this. That, but two chains, that, brings up an interesting, that brings up an interesting point, Two Chains, real quick, Jamal. Uh, <laughs> Cody had the choice between Alistair or Balakai or Idolo. And he said, you know what? I'm going to go over here and work with Malachi because that, that seems like something going to be better for me because if he beats up on the Mexican dude, that might be a problem. So, yeah, he went over here and said, let me Pro- work with Malachi instead. Problem? He just go to his focus group. Problem oh solved. <laughs> so we're going to eat it, though. Let's, let's talk about his debut really quick. I think, it's, I think it's safe to say that that was a big bowl of meh. <laughs> oh, That's God. exactly what I said flat. last night. Flat, Big bowl of man. Yeah. This uh, is a this is a going to your grandma's house asking for Sprite and she said, nah, honey, I got seven up over there. And you're like, oh. seven up. Uh, they, still, they, seven up? they still make that? Yeah. <laughs> you open it and it just sounds like water. It just a crisp opening. You're like, oh flat is yeah. all day. Yeah, I don't know what it was. I said last night that I don't know if it's Vicky. I don't know if it was the gear. I don't know. The manservant. I don't know if it was the presentation. I don't don't know if it was Matt Seidel as his first Mm. opponent, but he wasn't bad, I would say. But there was no sizzle. There was no spark. There was nothing to get me excited. He was just simply there. There. And that is not the first impression you want to have showing up in a new company with your first in ring match, especially in a company like AEW where people that that crowd was that had to be one of the easiest crowds to work in front of. And that crowd got quiet last night Wait. during his match. So if you can't if you're not popping that crowd, that has me worried right out of the gate. Yeah. That, that crowd wants to like you. So, yeah, th- yeah. concerns. Definitely. <laughs> He debuted just like he debuted in NXT, rather tepidly. Yes. When he went yeah. up against Ten Guy, when he debuted in NXT with his suspenders and his bow, you know, feather in his cap, it was tepid. This was also very tepid. Vicky, because of her association with Eddie, got the chance. And then when he did, he did the suplexes and teasing the frog splash. Those were the loudest pops of the night for him, except for the entrance. They weren't for him. Yeah, and they weren't even for him. So except for his entrance. <laughs> so unless unless him and his, you know, black mask trying to be a DC villain with Ingobernables, you know, if they, unless they're trying to do that again, I don't see now after seeing him work with Side Out and like I told like I told you guys beforehand, I thought that was the worst opponent for him to work with uh, because you're working with a high flyer who really doesn't have a good ground game when your specialty is ground-based luchador stuff. So why would you go up against a high flyer that can't really sell your stuff? I would have had him squashed Marco Stunt. That's what I would have did. I would have had him kill this kid on national television. Kill this boy on national television. Assassinate him because I'm all about assassinations this episode. And then that would have been something to talk about that he murked Marco Stunt and then probably went on to Luchasaurus. That would have been cool. But Matt Seidel, Evan Bourne, like that's supposed to get me interested? No. I don't really care now. His 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 pinstripe gear was very New York Yankees. I thought I was very happy about that as a native. Then ninety four. It's but uh, from nineteen twenty seven, right? But seeing that and then seeing the presentation and then the manservant, which I still don't understand because commentary really. Who is this guy? <laughs> exactly. So to 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 bevy everyone's ideas and and you know feelings, it was flat. I don't know how much longer it could continue to be flat. And I don't think pairing him with Vicky was a great idea. I think automatically she's a she's one of those heat magnets that's not a good thing. It's a go-away thing. And having her as the mouthpiece for him is not good at all. So we'll see what happens from here on out. Does he kill like 10 jobbers a week? Maybe. Does he give me my wish and kill Marco Stunt? Hopefully. But I don't <laughs> know what they have, you know, have, have in mind for him in the next couple of weeks. So that's going to be very telling. Yeah, yeah, Joe, you, you, uh, Jamal. Before we get to you, let's let's go jump to commercial because I wanna I wanna add a segue question to this as well with you. But uh, yeah, let's, let's let's run a commercial real quick, and then we'll be right back for the second half of the show tonight. This episode of the Big Gold Bell Podcast is presented by Podgo. Podgo is the easiest way for you to monetize your podcast. 
providing podcasters with a flat rate for ad space so you always know how much you're going to get when you include an ad from Podgo. Apply today to become a member and immediately be connected to the advertisers that fit your audience. That's podgo.co at P-O-D-G-O dot C-O. And be sure to add the Big Go Bell podcast in the section titled, How Did You Hear About Podgo? in the application. All right, so we're, we're going to talk about El Idolo, Idolo uh, Andrade, whatever you want to call it. Uh, right. <laughs> um, and so we're back. And um, again, each and every Thursday, 8 p.m., folks, catch us live um, on Twitter and on all of our social media platforms. You can find information at BigGoBelt.com. But yeah, we're on the second half here. And Jamal, what, like, here's the thing. Like, yeah, as we said before the break, we said, you know, his debut being flat. Flat like your tires if you have donuts and driving on 295 in D.C., you're yeah. not going to make it out of there alive. It's not going to happen. <laughs> it's not going to happen. But the question is, because we all agree that it's flat, how? What? What was the method here? How do you make this right? How do you either either going back and making this right or going forward? Because he's a big he's a big time deal. He's a big star. He has star power with him. It doesn't feel like it, and the crowd completely was that was definitely ready for bathroom break. When it should have been that way. So where did it go here? Where did it go with this? Uh, well, I think they do it. They do it over again. Uh, the match, whatever his match is, next match is um, not next week, I guess, but the week after, hopefully, um, they give him a bigger opponent. Um, somebody because if his game is ground and power, um, him ripping the wings off of Matt Sidell isn't going to cut it because as much as I like Matt Sidell, he's kind of the Dolph Ziggler of AEW. That's not necessarily yeah. a bad thing. I mean, he's mm-hmm. a serviceable uh, you know, opponent. He'll get the job done for you, but I don't necessarily think of him in a high-profile scenario. Um, so they either need a super baby face like Dante Martin of Top Flight Ooh. or, which I think would have been great because if you're, I don't know this guy. I, I know the summer. Don't get me wrong. But I didn't watch him in NXT. I definitely didn't watch him on the main roster. And I don't think that's the same guy between La Sombra uh, and, and, and Andrade. So, who is he? Is he smart, calculating, or he's just a big thug that's going to, you know, clothesline you to hell? I want to see what he has. And it has to be more than just, you know, um, he's just a big dude and, and, and he can squash his opponent. And that's the thing about him versus Sidell and it's not really a great matchup is because that's a match that he should win. Now, him versus Dante Martin is a match that he also should win, but the question is, how do you control this grasshopper that can jump 15 feet in the air and you don't? He's going to have to outsmart him and out-wrestle him. And I think that that would create some more interesting thing uh, for him. You know, if he wants to be Bane or, or Red Skull or whoever the hell, uh, you know, that's fine. But he needs to be a lot smarter than powerful in order for me to get to gain my attention and say like oh yeah he just got something instead of oh well he's just you know he's just a big goon so as far as his presentation goes yeah i I do think that vicky wasn't it i really don't know what she does well in AEW because she really ain't it uh but if he does need a mouthpiece and he speaks enough english well enough to be understandable but obviously he's not fluent maybe work that into his character Maybe he's a heel, and he's like, you know what? There's enough of us in here. I don't even have to speak English anymore. I'm only talking to <laughs> Vigente. I'm only talking to the people that understand, the ones that know, know. And he says all of this in Spanish. Because fuck it. I don't have to appeal to you gringos. I mean, that's, you know, that could be something into his character. I still don't know who he is. I don't know what he wants. I don't know what he does. He looks kind of like a half-assed Dr. Doom. But Dr. <laughs> Doom is a billionaire. <laughs> so you know, Doctor Doom had clout. He only he was ran a country. Got his own, got his own country. <laughs> that area, baby. De- right. He he's definitely got an uphill battle right now. It just hit me like a ton of bricks. The number one thing he is most notable for right now, since he got cut loose, isn't coming is to AEW. Engagement. If you look, if you look online right now, the number one thing he is known for is being Charlotte Flair's boyfriend. <laughs> That's who he is. Fiance, fiance, yeah, fiance. However you want to put it. But mm-hmm. she, he is known in relation to her. Yes. That's well, who he is right now. I mean, now. to be fair, it if you is look him it up, is. 
and you look at the forums, then that's just a bad, you're just chasing, you know, bad news after bad. Uh, but I do think, and, and, you know, when you watch him on TV, uh, the big thing about his presentation is I I see the polish. You know, we saw him last week and all that stuff. He looks like a million bucks and all that stuff. Uh, that's great. But they did that with Del Rio. Ugh. Is he is he plus or minus Del Rio at this point? Right. Because he because the Mexican aristocrat has been done before recently. So what what does he bring to the table differently? And that, and you could obviously say like, well, oh, damn, don't compare him to Del Rio. Jesus, don't you know? Don't make him. But uh, but within who is he? And I think that that's the kind of thing he really needs to say his intentions. Um. Maybe he's a maybe he's a mob boss. Maybe he's El Chapo. You know, maybe not. I don't know. But <laughs> yeah, that's what we want. And I we just realized. Want- I just realized if they do go that angle of crime boss, it's basically ripping off Legado del Fantasma. That's all. That's all he really is. Is just a a bigger version of of Legado. And I hope that's not the route that they're taking. I, I hope not too. Uh, but he needs. But what I, what I think he is, uh, I think he needs to make a splash. I think he needs to call out a big name, uh, and I think that while Cody, 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 I don't like that Cody. match. I don't Cody, like that Cody match. Is, for Cody. Cody is a big name. I get it. <laughs> I, I, I get it. He's the biggest name. He's the Eva Marie of AEW. I get it. But I wouldn't go that far. But I mean, I mean, I'm just saying. He, 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 he kind of. I don't hate Cody well, that well, much. Well, well, let me ask you a question. Why didn't they cash in? With the big check here, why didn't they run the dual program with him and Kenny Omega? Hang in both, both, no, they should have they should have reworked it so that they were running both the AAA and the AEW simultaneous storylines between two. Because when he when he was before he was signed, he dialed it in. He was he, he called them out. The buzz started. Signed the AEW. Now it's like, oh, you're working for the guy that. Uh, well, that match is in like it. a month, so they do have time to go in that direction. As he really doesn't have a path forward right now, he's you know he beat my side out. What's he doing next week? He's not in the show next week. Okay, so what's he doing after that? We don't really know. So right. he could you know make moves in that direction since he does have the match. One would think that AEW would be in their interest, at least on the U.S. side of things, is to get eyes on their championship you know uh, belt. Yeah. I mean, but then again, as we've seen before with TNA, that could be up to TNT. And, and Turner says, nah, we're absolutely not going to promote another company on our air. If they want to promote themselves, they need to buy an ad or picture in picture. But, <laughs> I mean, and, and, I, and I get it. And I get it. So where does he go from here? Anywhere he wants, really. But as far as, you know, he already has business with Kenny. Um, I think, honestly, you know, Maybe started. I don't know what his intentions are. I don't know who this band servant is. You know, like what's that that whole deal is? Like, is he <laughs> is he owe money? Like, I don't know what the fuck is that. What the fuck is happening? So that's that's the kind of the thing that's really just annoying. That like I get it. AEW really on the pulse of, of things and, and the community, but you can't assume that everybody looks at Twitter. Right. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about Zelina now. Full circle. Full circle. Well, all, all, three, all three of them are intertwined. Exactly. Black, her, and him, so it's fine. Yeah. Yeah. That is that is very interesting. Yeah, they are all they really are. Oh uh, yeah, she returns back to SmackDown. She goes Ooh. to SmackDown. She's automatically inserted into the money in the bank. Sellers said that a couple of weeks ago. He said this is around the time where these type of things happen. And here it goes. The unthinkable happened. Where everybody knew she wasn't going back because this, this, and that, and people are pooping their pants left and right. <laughs> uh, Will, reaction to Zelina back to WWE? Well, we, we had heard it rumored for a bit, and Lord knows, you know, you never know if the rumors are true or not, but now we know they were. So she she's back. She's there. She's in Money in the Bank. I'm curious how much of a role she's going to have because they brought her, that's another interesting thing. They brought her back as a wrestler. They didn't bring her back as a manager. They brought her back as a wrestler. She's not aligned with anybody as of yet. So if she's going forward as a wrestler, that's going to be different for her right out of the gate. So 
I don't expect her to win money in the bank unless they got some really big plans man. Listen, but, you know, <laughs> the world will know. burn if she does. I'm telling you, man. <laughs> well, uh, no, that won't be. That still won't be enough for the people that are pissed off. That ain't going to be enough because they're just mad she went back. Period. So right. they ain't going to be satisfied if that suddenly happens. Or hell, she put up the thing about her and her and uh, Alistair starting on their house and people threw a fit about that. Like you're a sellout and all this. And (laughs) folks, it comes down to this, that lady, she cannot make people unionize all by herself. It's that simple. She can stand up and she can stand up and say whatever she wants, but if no one else stands up, it don't mean a hill of beans. So it is not on her to unionize the entire damn wrestling industry. I mean, it's that damn simple. I'm not sure what people were thinking that she was going to somehow single-handedly make this thing happen. And Lord knows we covered this topic five, ten different times over the fall and now. And here we are finally getting to close the loop on it. But it is what it is. It's done. She's back. Hopefully it works out for her. Either way, she's getting paid. She's getting a house out of the deal. So, hey, like like, 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 uh, Damien said, they got the house. They got two contracts signed. There's money coming into that household. So I hope that's they're going to get paid. That's the choice they made for them. It is what it is. We'll see what happens with Zelina, and we go from there. That's where I'm so, at with her. So, so real quick, we take Zelina as this, this manager first, typically, right? And mm-hmm. then she was a wrestler. But people forget back in the Hootie days, you know, she was Tia Trinidad and wrestling on TNA Impact. So right. she was a wrestler First, so people tend to forget that that oh why they bring her back if there's no one she can manage. Forget that nonsense. She was a wrestler first. Hey, people were no, saying that. Oh, Lord. yes. People who oh, don't Lord. know were bitching and moaning about that. So that's the first thing. Secondary, like like Will just said, like I said before, get that money. So if they said, hey Thea, you want to make some money so you don't go to AEW, we'll give you creative freedom to do what you want on Twitch <laughs> or whatever the case may be. <laughs> Girl, have your OnlyFans. Have this. We don't care. Just don't go to them. You know, your husband can go, but you can't go. If that's how they work that out, sure, it's all going to the same pot, the same family. Now, if if it came down to Eva Marie versus her in a Money in the Bank qualifier, Uh-oh. you you can you can see me exploding from anger because I would want that to happen. But do I care that she resigned? No. Am I going to be heartbroken where she's jobbing to live Morgan for four consecutive weeks? No. She's getting her money. Her husband got his money. Let people make the goddamn money and mind your damn business. Damn. Well, well, we know people are going to be like, oh, man, she came back to get squashed. They're misusing her. All these sorts of random crazy things are going to happen. And that's fine because, like, the fact that she's back in WWE... It's the internet. But it, it, none of this matters because she's in Eva Marie's world now. So it, it, if it wasn't for Eva Marie signing and coming back, there would be no return for Zelina Vega. So wait, are you saying that Eva Marie should be the linchpin on unionization, if that's the case? If she had went to her instead of Andrew, <laughs> Andrew, uh, what's his name? Andrew, uh, Andrew Yang. Yeah. Andrew Yang. It would have not been a problem. She would have never been released in the first place. She should have consulted the person. I mean, I'm just saying, Eva Marie, modern day Cesar Chavez. Just saying. I hate (laughs) y'all. Just saying. The one person who could actually get get it done. Get get it done. Get get it all done. I mean, like I think the big thing about uh, Thea uh, Zelina Vega is the fact that if she signed the contract, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's not up for us to, uh, to to decide what she should do or not do. The bottom line is she signed the contract. So the deal is, is that when she looked over it, when her lawyer looked over it, only her lawyer B- looked over it. Bingo, yep. bingo. And, and it was all, and everything was everything. You, you, you need, whatever you it need, was. You need more emphasis on that. That's the biggest thing of this that I was going to say. She realized the mistakes in that last contract. She realized whatever she did to void it to get terminated. The fact that she put pen to paper this time, you can ensure. <laughs> or, or they gave her enough concessions because uh, because her husband has been running, working on her Twitch. He was just on there tonight uh, and, mm. and using you know, his layout on her Twitch channel. So, And he has said uh, several times that he will not be allowed to do so. Uh, so, the, so when he um, 
did a thing. Uh, he came out, yeah, he came out with the with the vignette. Cool. She was sexting him from wherever she was in the world. Uh, congratulations. When she could have easily have appeared on Twitch. Uh, right. I, I think the bottom line is, is that for whatever concessions that she had to give up, for whatever concessions that WWE had to get up, either way, they met in the middle, got pen to paper, the deal was done. Yeah. We don't know the specifics of that deal. And even if we did, it could be a shit deal. She could be right. paid in waffle fries and Chick-fil-A coupons. I'm, I'm down with that. It's still I mean? her choice to make. Yep. Exactly. So at the end of the day, if you want to be one of these guys, these fucking neckbeards on the internet with oh. that, that <laughs> like, to, like to blow the eight and, and say that her re-signing to WWE is like being in an abusive relationship. <laughs> she's, she's ruined her career. Ruined if you want to be one of those guys, one, one of these shrimp dick guys that take it way too seriously, then again, that is that is your choice to do so. But understand how foolish you sound. Yes, she signed the contract for a reason, and whether it's good or whether it's bad, if you are a fan and if you want to support, pat her on the back, and I say I wish you well in your future endeavors, or not, and move the fuck on because her husband's on a different channel doing a different thing. Uh, John Wick, Demon Slayer. So uh, yeah. Yeah, there are there are options for you. There are options for you. Hey, uh, you know what? You know what, though? You may not be wrong with this John Wick demon slayer. Me too. How big I'm, she I'm liking is. it. But like how big she is in anime and how big of a franchise John Wick is, it's probably an easy conversation between the two of them. Like, I think you should do something like this. And bada boom. Yeah, that sounds cool. I'll go with it. And the reason why is like in the vignette, you know, there's powers and there's visions and then there's like, you know, sleight of hand and the dude's getting their throats cut yeah. and all this shenanigans. And then you fast forward, though they have nothing specifically to do with each other, though they're heavily inferred and heavily connected. Um, and I always say nothing to do with each other because AEW didn't mention it at all. Um, it, it's just that, oh, shit. Uh, he's out there in a three-piece suit roundhouse of people in the face. That's some John Wick stuff right there. He's he's not actually Kevin Thorne with you know a scimitar and and a, and a hood. He's not Gangrel. He's not Abaddon. You know he's not um, your Ryzen. Uh, you know doing crazy shit. You know uh, or uh, what what was the uh, the Undertaker or anything like that. He's not doing any of those. He's not the Boogeyman. He's yeah, John well. Wick, Demon Slayer, or, or Constantine would actually be the closest thing. Also, yep. Keanu Reeves movie. But the bottom line is. So oh, he's Keanu Reeves. Got yeah. it. <laughs> he's, he's basically Keanu Reeves. Yeah, uh, or he, he would have been in I mean, if we're going to go Keanu Reeves, like, you know, he may be channeling his inner Matrix here with the whole and, suit. Oh, and, man. <laughs> or if you played Cyberpunk, I'm just saying. It, oh. We're not gonna we're not gonna go replacements next next right or no, 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 see, no you, even if that movie came on last night after Dynamite no it we're did, not <laughs> yeah my, my my only thoughts about this is that Zelina Vega <sighs> she understood what the contract situation was the first time if she resigned best believe that she wisened up for it so good it, only a fool would make the same mistake twice and. I, there's no way that this happens, especially about how vocal she was about the situation and et cetera, et cetera. So she did what was best for her, her family. Uh, she's happy. And that's all that is to that. So, um, you know, and I, and, and again, the big thing about this is that hopefully more wrestlers now understand that when you sign your contract, you need to read the language in there to understand your rights and your responsibilities and uh, obviously any other other small languages that you may you may be keen to in regards to uh, using your brand or WWE's brand uh, for other things outside of uh, their knowledge, OnlyFans. <clears throat> but anyway, <laughs> yeah. so last quick topic for the night. We're going to do this really quickly because this kind of ties into the news too. And everybody, you can give your response to this however you however you want to do it. But women's wrestling, we're going to revisit this, obviously because this is a beefy thing, but I just want to throw this out here for starters, is that mm -hmm. why all of a sudden is there a huge spark of interest in women's wrestling? Now, hear me out, folks, because I know people are like, oh, I always love women's wrestling. It's always been right. I get it. We do see women's wrestling everywhere. But all of a sudden, have y'all noticed that major promotions are starting to say, we're going to do women's wrestling stuff? 
And it's not like women were born in 2021 post pandemic. Women, this is not Namek, <laughs> and there's only one species here. Like, oh, it's messed up. It's just, it's just, it's just weird to me that all of a sudden Namek. people are like, women's wrestling, and it's like <laughs> Stephanie McMahon already created this like a couple of yep. years ago. Yeah, Even Marie, Eva Marie has now Perfected landed it. back. Mm-hmm. Yes, she said she's elevated this to the next level. Thank you so much for what she's done because. If it wasn't for her, MLW would not have a women's division now. ROH would not have their women's tournament. And Mickey James would not have the voice in order to say, we need women's representation uh, and more in, in professional wrestling and what she wants to do in NWA. So thank you, Eva Marie. Uh, the only technicality was that Mickey James was sacrificed for the better good of Eva Marie, because that's what the internet told me. Nonetheless, though, all jokes aside, why now, folks? What am I missing? Why all of a sudden am I looking at every direction and every promotion is saying women's wrestling? As if women haven't been here. And this talent, this flux of talent hasn't already exist. As if Willow hasn't been busting her ass for years. Laney Luck. Uh, um, Who else was that to say? Allie. Lady Frost popping up all over. Why, why all of a sudden are people like, wow, they're good. We need to do something. Especially ROH, who had the women's tournament. And I know, like, I mean, talk about the pandemic. ROH had the, the pandemic a little bit before this when the whole women's division and their champion. and Yeah. <laughs> they, got, they got the blip. They had to get yeah. snapped away. Yes, yes. <laughs> but, uh, folks, really quickly with your answers, because I want to get to the news after this, is why now? What do you what do you make of this? And um, we'll obviously revisit this more uh, coming weeks. Yeah, so, I think it's. At, uh, you want to go, go, Damien? Go, go, right, go, go. Make it quick. I think it's as simple as these companies are relaunching, fans are coming back, mm-hmm. and they're looking for anything for a fresh spin to get things going. MLW was trying to put one together back in the fall, and now apparently they've signed on Dave Prezak to run it, which has me real excited because there's some credentials there behind it. So they're going to be taping, I think, next week at ECW Arena, 2300 Arena, wherever you want to call it nowadays, for their first TV taping. So the timing's right for them. NWA, we've had the talk with Mickey James wanting to do a show, and that's all bubbling to the surface slowly as they're starting to run shows again. And then, of course, uh, ROH is slowly going through their tournament all summer to bring back their women's title. I think it's a product of shows are starting. Everyone's adding, and I think the key is all these products, you know you know how it is, the deeper you get into indie wrestling, the more of it becomes a boys club, the more of it becomes a male-dominated audience, and I think a lot of these companies are looking at, look, we could stand to have something here for the ladies, get some women up in here, present something different than just men up and down the card and have a different feel to some of the matches on this show. And, hey, if it means it gets a different audience in here, brings us some different money, great. So, hey, I'm all for it. And I'm curious to see, hopefully they don't all do the same thing. Hopefully we see some different people, different opportunities, different presentations, different styles. I'm I'm very curious to see what they do. The news about MLW this week really raised my eyebrows because hell, they're going to be on Vice, so right. they got the TV distribution and everything. So, very curious to see. That's my thoughts. So, as as the guy who who has been yearning for more women's wrestling for the last three years, finally seeing it come to fruition is actually very very heartwarming for me. Number one, uh, I think people are starting to get the the, the memo that the demographic. For a male, for a wrestling fan, is males what 18 to 35, 18 to 40. So, what better way to try to bring them back to Will's point in to give them some variety than some athletic ass kicking women that could bring something different to your show, as well as give representation, as well as inspire other younger fans? Uh, because I think a lot of companies now are using women's wrestling as a way to bring in a lot of younger fans in the new woke dynamics of the world. Uh, I think that's a, a positive out of that. But I think the bottom line of it all is the talent now in terms of women's wrestling is way, way better, even at the lowest rungs, than it was 10, 15 years ago. 
No and, doubt. you know, not to borrow the, the cream rises to the top saying, but think about it. We're talking about the fact that Lady Frost, Lady Luck, High End, the like, are starting to get sniffs from bigger promotions now because there are more promotions who now want to give women's wrestling a shot. So I think that it's like the perfect storm. People now want it. There's more options out there to see it because we always talk about how wrestling is something for everybody. Now there's something for every brand of women's wrestling out there. And I think especially in the States because the world still hasn't opened up yet fully. So once that happens and then we get the whole world opened up again for women's wrestling, you're going to see an even bigger boon internationally. But for here, for the home status, I'm grateful to see it. And you know what? It, it took a long time because thanks to Stephanie McMahon for inventing women's wrestling. But we're here now to see it in its, you, in its full fruition. Sorry, you got one other person to thank, sir. I'm not thanking Eve Marie for nothing. <laughs> nothing. I'll thank Brandy Rhodes. How about that? Can I thank Brandy Rhodes? Oh. Okay. J- Jamal, let me mute Damien in a second. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, three, I think three, three major things happened within the last two years. Um, number one, Tessa Blanchard winning the Impact title. Uh, number two, uh, the pandemic happening and forcing uh, companies to bring in talent wherever they could find them to fill shows. Um, and number three, the rise of women's voices in general in wrestling, not just uh, in commentary, but we're seeing a lot of people on um, online saying that we need, you know, women's wrestling. Uh, we're seeing a lot of companies, you know, Thunder Rosa and Mission Pro, you know, bringing her, you know, mainstays to the forefront in AEW. Uh, we're seeing all of these things kind of happen at once, and the end result of that is, all right, well, shit. I mean, I guess, I guess women like wrestling. Cool, uh, and and that and that's that's obviously a good thing. Um, so it is. It is going to be interesting to see, you know, what happens. Uh, is it all happening too quickly? Is there actually enough talent out there to fill all of these suddenly opening positions? Are they ready? And let me, I'm not let saying, me, let me on, ask on, a question on, on. to that. Go No, I was just going to say when you say enough talent, I think the the the, the one B to that is two. And are you willing to seek out the talent that's out there, or are you just going to yeah. use the mainstream people that are just floating around? Yeah. So, so that's, that's kind of the thing. I mean, when I say, are they ready? I don't mean necessarily in a, are they ready? You know, like, you know, talent rise or athletically, I'm saying that there is a difference between, you know, wrestling in an indie show, even a bigger indie show that's broadcasted on TV than wrestling on, you know, dynamite or wrestling on raw. I mean, that that's, that's a night and day difference. So, are they, you know, is are there enough talent that's ready to do that on a on a television level? Um, and I don't care what the program is, whether it's Ring of Honor or New Japan or whatever. And it's also a thing we haven't talked about. Uh, you know, the confluence of New Japan or Japanese Josie wrestlers making mainstays in the U.S. Uh, you know, the AEW Women's Tournament, you know, was a big deal. Uh, they kind of reacclimated a lot of people with those those talent that they haven't seen in a while. Uh, you know, uh, what was it? Bushi Road buying starter and bringing that into the New Japan umbrella. Kind of a big deal. Tokyo Joshi Pro and DDT coming together. Uh, that's also a very big deal. So not only are there more opportunities for the work to get done, but there are more opportunities to see the product. My favorite wrestling show of the week. Uh, well, they don't do it weekly, but when they, whenever they do it, the best company that I watch consistently, I can't miss it. I don't care where I am in the world, is Chocolate Pro Wrestling out of Ichigaya, Tokyo, Japan. It is unlike anything that I've ever seen, and it's 90% women. And it's led by Emi Sakura, who's you know been on AEW many times. They got a good goddamn thing going on there. And if it weren't for AEW, I might not have tuned in. And I could definitely say that a lot of people and a lot of positions, uh, and the ability to kill it also. It's one thing to have a match with Brian Cage versus Tessa Blanchard, but if that match doesn't hit, it doesn't matter. It's one thing to have Thunder Rosa versus Britt Baker in a main event, but if that match doesn't hit, it doesn't matter. So that's also the thing. So it's not only our women getting the position, they're fucking killing it, as they should, because they're good. So it's um, it's it's a lot happening at once, and, and I think collectively the ladies are knocking it out of the park 
And this is a lot better than the superficial give divas a chance or the revolution uh, or evolution pay-per-view or whatever it was. Organically, women are stepping to the forefront and crushing it. Yeah. And and that's obviously a good thing because it means more wrestling. Yeah. 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 I want to I want to revisit this more. Um, obviously, I want to see, you know, how uh, this is being showcased and I want to see uh, people that we've been watching on the indies all this time actually get uh, global attention now uh, because yeah. of networking. Uh, I mean, I can't, I can't stress enough how happy I am to see Willow. When I, I, I watch Wow, and you know, Wow is you know the promotion that you know this, uh, their aesthetic is like Lucha Underground, but it's all women. A lot of people don't tune into it, thus right. they love women's wrestling. But you know, it was good to be able to see women be displayed in that fashion, and it just be wrestling. So now that we're starting to see people. Uh, you know, other people that we've known work on the 80s and get these same opportunities in major promotions uh, with funding and networking and so on. Now it's time to see, because we know the women can do the job. Now it's time to see, can the network, can a promotion actually handle this the correct way? So we'll, we'll, we'll come back to this in a couple of weeks. Um, I just thought it was really interesting that everywhere you look, you're like, we're doing women's wrestling. This is like, wait, what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, that's cool and all, but like, uh, have y'all been like sleep a little bit? Like, this talent pool that you're <laughs> all pulling from have been killing it for a very long time. And if you have any clue, go look at some Shimmer uh, through the catalog because it's a lot of good stuff there. Uh, and by the way, I, I can't, I can't stress this enough. I can't wait to see Lufisto on TV somewhere. She's, I mean, it's I feel a like. Christy, that hasn't happened yet, man. That's a travesty. Like, blame Canada. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. She's, she, she's, she's scratching her foot, like on the ground, creating that tension. She's ready to go. Every time I look, she's, she's saying something in regards to being ready. So, but either way, I just feel like now it's going to be an opportunity where we are going to be able to see the people we've been watching all this time get displayed on the national stage where they should have been the entire time. But Jamal, let's get to the news and um, obviously plans for the weekend. Yep. So, uh, but on the, on the thing about women, uh, the last thing, if you're not watching Ice Ribbon, if you're not watching uh, Choco Pro, if you're not watching uh, Acarest Girls, uh, you're missing out on a lot of great Japanese wrestling. Uh, some A lot of that's on YouTube. Uh, uh, Women's Pro Wrestling World Diana. A lot of this stuff is on YouTube. A lot of this stuff can be found on their websites. But uh, if you're a fan of death matches, Ice Ribbon, you will not be disappointed. Uh, but speaking of women, um, Ali Cat was uh, interviewed by the Dallas Morning News. It's, and I'm going to go into the article specifically because I think it's a really great read. And it really is about how the wrestling landscape is changing. Herb mm-hmm. and Effie are really kind of changing the game and being uh, more inclusive, not just in the talent, but in the stories and the storytellers. And I think that that's a really important, especially off on the back of our um, discussion about this uh, naturally inorganic, you know, evolution of, of women's wrestling, <clears throat> which is, you know, a great thing. Uh, in NXT, the UK side of the NXT thing, uh, apparently uh, July 22nd, you're going to get Walter versus Ilya Dragunov. If you haven't seen that match from late last year, I want to say it was October. It was sparkling. A goddamn good match. Uh, absolutely worth, you know, worth your time. Uh, and I don't really watch NXT UK, but but hot damn, that was a good one. Uh, Ring of Honor up there in Baltimore is having their first show back with fans. Uh, they're having Best in the World 2021. Bandito versus Roosh for the Ring of Honor World Championship. Uh, uh, Roosh did an interview with Sports Illustrated, and he said that he had knee surgery uh, back in May. Yeah, so uh, yeah, knee surgery back in May, and this would be, you know, it'll be interesting to see him test that out, especially versus Bandito. Uh, also in the match, you have Dragon Lee versus Tony Deppin, who's not even signed with the company, uh, for the uh, TV title. Uh, a fight without honor match for the tag team titles with uh, Dickinson and Homicide versus uh, Red Titus. Good on him for collecting the check. And, uh, and Tracy Williams. Uh, Mike Bennett versus Jonathan Gresham, which should be interesting uh, for the pure title. Six-man titles, Dalton Castle, Doc Draper, and Eli Isom versus Shane Taylor Promotions. 
Um, uh, and then there are a bunch of other matches on the show. Uh, the pre-show, PCO and Donovan Denhauser versus the Bouncers, uh, Brawler Malonis and uh, Beer City Boozer. Ray Horace forces uh, Demonic Flamita may actually steal the show, and that's on the uh, the pre-show. So Ring of Honor up there in Baltimore. Tickets are on sale now, so get your pods, because that's how they're selling them uh, for Baltimore. But No shrimp is allowed. <laughs> none. None whatsoever. Um, oh. But... But yeah, it's going to be uh, it's going to be a good. The card looks interesting. Other than Dan Housen having having a job, uh, and I'm very, I'm pretty interested to see <laughs> what happens up there in Baltimore this weekend. Uh, also, uh, the big thing, of course, is AEW. They are going on sale next weekend, next Friday, with their New York show. This is the show in Queens, uh, in Flushing, at Arthur Ashe Stadium. I will move heaven and earth to be there. <laughs> but you can't beat the bots. So July 16th, AEWTix.com, Ticketmaster.com. It's the first wrestling show ever at that venue. I think the third or fourth non-tennis event at Arthur Ashe Stadium. Uh, the City Park Service owns the building. And they have you have to go through hell and high water to have a non-tennis match there. <clears throat> so I think the only, only other events that have been there are like two kids concerts for like the city. And another, some other kind of show, and then this. So, regardless of what the card is going to be, because the show is in September, it will be a historic event uh, out there in Queens, surprisingly. Uh, again, uh, you have MOW uh, having a show with fans this weekend uh, down at the ECW Arena in South Philly. Uh, Battle Riot is the name of that show out there in Dallas, North Texas. Uh, GCW is having a show. You only die once. I will be there. Oh, okay. Fair uh, enough. So I'll, so I'll let you know how, how good or bad it was. Yeah. Uh, Melbourne Championship Wrestling down in there in uh, Melbourne in uh, Australia. Uh, you know, they have a show this weekend, Winter Warfare, because it is the dead of winter in Australia. Uh, yeah, so this is the, it's, it's really good to see because I'm looking at shows. Uh, your Ring of Honor, of course, airs this weekend from Baltimore. ICW is in Western Pennsylvania. AAW is outside of Chicago. Uh, GCW is having a show tomorrow in Houston. And mm-hmm. then they're doing the 10th, which is uh, Saturday uh, in Dallas. So GCW is on the move. New Japan has the summer struggle in Sapporo um, in northern Japan. So there's a lot more wrestling coming back, which is going to be very, very, very interesting to see how it is with fans. A lot of things are starting to open up. Um, and I just hope, you know, there's a, the COVID isn't over. Don't think it ain't. But I just hope that it's going to be a, um, you know, a good show as wrestling starts to come back slowly. Um, episode 94 of Dynamite is this coming Wednesday. That show is sold out. So it is good to see they're going to be in Cedar Park, Texas, which I believe is outside of Austin. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah, so, uh, so good on them for selling out. Um, pretty good show in Miami, uh, we, as we talked about earlier. But, uh, you know, they're hitting the road, and this is kind of what we want. One thing that is interesting, though, is that, you know, WWE is going to be hitting the road soon. I believe they start out on the road July 16th as they are taping their last Thunder, uh, Thunder, Rosa, their last um, <laughs> Thunderdome show um, um, this weekend. So, yeah, 